Hey guys, I'm Tamara Melton. And I'm Deanna Bellany. We are the co-founders of Diversify Dietetics, a nonprofit community dedicated to increasing the racial and ethnic diversity in the field of nutrition and dietetics. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. It's Deanna here on this episode, The Snack. Um, And I hate to call it a snack this time because usually our snack episodes are more so geared for professionals, um, people that are already working in the field of nutrition. And this episode, I think, could be for both students and for professionals. So it's like a half snack. What I really am excited about talking to Alice, our guest today, is about passions and how it's so easy in this field because there's so many different avenues to find something you're really passionate about. But what happens when there are multiple things you're passionate about? How do you go about pursuing all those different passions and doing them well while also maintaining your sanity, to be honest? Um, And I think it's really a juggling act. Like for, for us at Diversify, we have our full-time jobs, but we're also passionate about this community and entrepreneurship and really promoting our field and diversifying it. Um, And just those two alone, you know, make it really challenging. So Alice has, I don't even know, like six that we talked about. So it's a really great conversation. Uh, I'm excited that everyone gets to listen to it um, and have a dialogue about things that they're passionate about and how they go about fitting it into their everyday life and really cultivate those skills as well. So great conversation. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. Today I'm talking with Alice Figueroa. Alice is a registered dietitian nutritionist who holds an honors degree in international relations with a focus on healthcare policy from Tulane University and a master's of public health from New York University. She's a CDC National Diabetes Prevention Program Certified Lifestyle Coach and Yoga Teacher. Alice is passionate about promoting universal access to nutrition support, health services, and wholesome foods for all segments of society, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, or socioeconomic status. She's also conducting research to address chronic malnutrition and stunting in Central America as a research fellow for the Duke Center for International Development and Malnutrition. Lastly, Alice is the founder of Alice in Foodieland, a website where the community can explore science-based nutrition articles and delicious, health-supportive recipes. Alice, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you. So I really wanted to talk to you today for a couple of reasons. One, I just, I love your website. I think the name is so fun and creative, but also because, you know, we've been corresponding back and forth a little bit since Fincy and in learning more about you and through your online presence, I was really fascinated by your many passions and how it seems like you've crafted a space in your professional career for these passions. So I know I just gave kind of a general bio, but I would love to ask you this question, and I admittedly stole it from another podcast. It's one of my favorites called Another Round, but I think it's appropriate, especially for this conversation. Can you tell us what do you do and why? Thank you so much once again for for having me, and it's been so great to to become involved in Diversified Dietetics. I think it's so great to have the space where people from diverse backgrounds can come together and talk about the field of nutrition and and collaborate. So it is great to be here today, and and I would love to tell you a little bit about what I do, and hopefully it can uh, provide some inspiration or some ideas to the members of Diversified Dietetics. 
I am currently a research fellow with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics Foundation and the Duke Center for International Development. As you mentioned, I am conducting research to address chronic malnutrition and stunting in Central America, specifically in Guatemala. My research focuses on identifying gaps in nutrition services in Central America and vulnerable indigenous populations in Guatemala who are at increased risk for malnutrition and stunting. Through my research, I hope to build partnerships with diverse political community and economic stakeholders in Central America to coalesce a food systems approach to food insecurity and malnutrition. As you mentioned, I wear many hats in the nutrition field. Previously, I've worked as a public health consultant for a digital diabetes prevention program, cool. and I'm also a natural food chef. I currently have my own private practice, and I founded um, Alice at Foodie Land, which is a website where you can access nutrition articles and delicious plant-based health supportive recipes. In my private practice, I focus on prediabetes prevention, HIV and infectious disease nutrition management, wellness and sports nutrition, plant-based nutrition, and health supportive cooking. And that's just a little bit about what I do um, oh. on a day-to-day -day basis. So correct me if I'm wrong, but your passion mm -hmm. for um, health advocacy kind of around the research that you're doing now started in Latin America, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Um, Where did you I live? I was actually born and raised in New Orleans, but for about three years, I lived abroad in Guatemala. My family is originally from Guatemala, uh, and it is in Guatemala that I found my passion for health advocacy. When I was a young girl, I remember seeing children who, instead of eating more meals at home or attending school, spend their days on the streets selling candy or shining shoes. Mm or working on the street. And, and to me, it was really heartbreaking from an early age to see this. And um, this was the first time I awakened to the lack of food and education, clean water, and love that many children face in, in Latin America. And it was always a dream of mine to work and to shape my career in a way that allows me to bring health services and food security to underserved populations in Guatemala, in Latin America, and also here in the United States. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, did you know, kind of seeing that the dietetics was the direction you were going to go in, or did you kind of go back and forth between a couple of different options? Like, why did you decide to choose the path that you did? It, it, to be honest, initially my focus was in international and community public health, mm -hmm. but um, while I was in grad school, I took this class that focused on films that address public health or that talk about public health issues, and one of the films that we watched was about water access in Malawi, and it really opened my eyes and connected public health with nutrition mm. and it also helped me realize that for most conditions health con conditions globally we need to focus on nutrition support and that's how I fell into the field of, of dietetics and nutrition and I decided to combine an international health degree with with an RD degree so at first it wasn't obvious to me that I wanted to pursue nutrition but the more I studied public health the more I realized that nutrition was the thing that tied both chronic and infectious disease together and uh, without providing proper nutrition support for someone who who is 
ill or who is suffering from a chronic or an infectious condition, we cannot help them achieve their health goals or heal from their condition. So that's why I decided to pursue nutrition. And as it pertains to, to Guatemala, uh, for me, working there has really been such a joy and a, and a privilege. You know, that Guatemala has been in the news lately in relation to, to the migration of people mm-hmm. into the United States from Guatemala. And uh, I think uh, for me, it's really important to be working in this space so that people can get a better sense of what is going on in Guatemala and what is fueling the migration into the United States. You know, there's current political instability in Guatemala, and that's what fuels migration from there to, to the United States. So my passion is to be a, a nutrition and health advocate for the people of Guatemala. People who migrate from Mexico and Central America and South America are seeking a better future for their families, mm-hmm. right? Um, just to give you an idea about the nutrition situation in Guatemala. Guatemala has the third highest ranking of stunting prevalence in wow. the world. Yeah. About 50% of children under the age of five are stunted. Two-thirds of the population live on less than $2 per day. Wow. And most of the people that live under $2, $2 per day are indigenous. I hope that through my work, we can address chronic malnutrition and poverty in an integral way, aligning research, education, and policy engagement to eradicate chronic malnutrition and stunting in Central America. And hopefully one day soon, people won't be forced to migrate, but can lead happy and healthy lives in Latin America. So I think um, my work is very relevant to the political situation in the U.S. right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, yeah, think, and I definitely like hear your passion for um, Guatemala and like the, the nutrition state there. And I think it's just like really interesting how, how just kind of the, yeah, like you said, the political atmosphere can impact so many different things and how it also plays into food. Like food is always tied into things some, some way. So that's amazing. So in relation to the research that you're doing now, it's kind of on the food advocacy um, track, but you're also also passionate about, um, you talked about access to health services and nutrition education globally, um, mindfulness, diabetes prevention, yoga, and you've kind of done different things in each of those sectors throughout your career. So in the beginning of kind of shaping um, what you were going to do in your career in general, whether this was as a student or as an intern or uh, wherever it was in your process, how did you go about finding a way to integrate all of your different passions? One of the things that I, I did was that I plan out my education, making sure that I was well prepared to step into a public policy field and also uh, a health field. Mm. Uh, as an undergraduate at Tulane University, I pursued an international relations degree and in science curriculum. So, so I combined both, both the liberal arts and science-based um, education so that I would be able to step into the health policy world. And I think that was um, something unique and most people either pursue a science degree or a policy degree or a science, a a bachelor's in science or a bachelor's in art. For me, I I decided to pursue both science classes and and liberal arts classes that could be well prepared because I knew from very early on that I wanted to pursue health policy and I wanted to have a good grasp on 
on the science but behind health, but I also wanted to have an understanding of political economy and all the things that fuel our healthcare system and our hospital systems and and our pharmaceutical system also. So my my advice is, is, is that if you are passionate about a field in nutrition, it is important to have the educational background. Mm -hmm. you, you don't need to follow a traditional path. You can make your own path in school. Um, if you're out of school, and I know many of us that are members of Diversified Dietetics um, have finished school, I recommend mm -hmm. that you seek out professional development opportunities offered in colleges, universities, or professional organizations. There are a lot of opportunities out there that you can apply for that have funding um, that can help you expand your current knowledge and your current expertise. I always say that there's something, that there's always something new to learn. Um, uh, while I believe in planning, I think it's also very important that you follow your heart and that you're mm -hmm. adventure, adventurous in pursuing your passions. Um, what yeah. do I mean by following your heart, right? That sounds very trendy, but, um, <laughs> uh, but your, your everyday work should make you happy. You yeah. should feel um, appreciated and fulfilled in your role. And if you don't, then it's important for you to try new things, to learn about new careers in the field of nutrition. Nutrition is a really expanding and developing field. So it's important to keep your eyes and ears open for new opportunities. Um, reach out to people and don't, don't be afraid to take a risk to pursue a career, career that will make you personally and professionally happy. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's really interesting so my partner's in the business field and I kind of saw this shift where, you know, he started to think about, you know, is the work that I do every day making me happy? Um, mm -hmm. It was like kind of an anomaly to see me in the path that I was in kind of very much enjoying my day-to-day -day work. But I think a lot of people go into the workforce and, you know, maybe money sometimes is the, is the first yes. motive, maybe not so much in dietetics, but, you know, you think of other things outside of your passions and what makes you happy and your joys. So I think that's a really great point. And then kind of to go back to what you were saying about professional development, we feel very strongly about that as well, as well as mentoring. Was there anybody in your life and your professional career that kind of helped you navigate this path? Because like you said, it is, it is definitely different and a little bit more unconventional. So but yeah, was there anybody in your career that helped you out? Uh, for me, I think well, my family was always very supportive. My, my mom and dad and my brother, they would always support me in pursuing non-traditional approaches to my to my education. And, yeah. um, and and I think that was really crucial to have that family support. And, you know, my especially my brother, I would always consult with them. Oh, you know, I'm thinking about taking this class or mm -hmm. applying for this fellowship. He was always there to say, yes, go for it, try it. And even today or now, if I have this idea, I, I'll always bounce it um, off with, with my family to get their input. So just having a very supportive family has been really inspiring to me, especially being a child of immigrants, people who have, you know, moved to a new country, have had to learn a new language, and who have had to to learn their way around a new social structure and culture. It's been really inspiring to see to see them grow in, in this country, and also um, they've inspired me to to pursue a career that that makes me happy and that fulfills my own my own dreams too so so I, I would say my family 
has really been important. I also had professors, professors in college that really expanded my worldview. Specifically, I had a, a political economy professor that really made me look at the whole picture and that tied together for me how health and the political system and economic system are tied together. And, and that really inspired me to, to work in the field of policy and health. And also in graduate school, I had um, a professor that did research and she created documentaries about water yeah. in Africa. And I think just seeing her work, seeing her go out into the field was really inspirational to me. And it made me also want to pursue a career where I wasn't just sitting at a desk, but yeah. you know, where I would also get a chance to travel abroad to visit different cultures to learn about um, the chat the health challenges in different parts of the world. And yeah, and I think it's really important to, to look around and to draw inspiration from, from the people around you. And I think when you're inspired, it really opens up your mind and it opens up um, your heart to pursuing things that you're passionate about. Yeah, I, I mean, I love everything you said. I think, you know, we get into our dietetic track and I, I and during yeah. school, you know, um, it sounds like you had a lot of very interesting courses and professors that kind of, like you said, opened, opened your eyes to different possibilities, but it's very easy to get focused on like the typical paths of clinical or food service community and not that there's yes. anything wrong to those, but, you know, um, we're a very strong proponent of really showcasing the different career options. So yeah, thank you so much for that input and kind of some tips on, yes. on how to follow what you really love and explore different things, even though it might seem outside of kind of the normal realm of dietetics, it definitely can weave into um, a joint passion like you kind of have. Yes. And I think, you know, with dietetics, we're really focused about fulfilling our, our science curriculum and getting all our um, DPP um, courses down mm -hmm. and, you know, getting really good grades and there's also this competitive nature in dietetics yeah. between uh, students. And, you know, it, it's really important to, to remember that, that we can learn from each other instead of just simply, you know, competing for, for a place <laughs> in your dietetic internship. And I also think it's important to, to look outside of, of the science classes and to just be really well-rounded. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to pursue a liberal arts degree or mm -hmm. take liberal arts classes, but it is important for you to be well-informed about what's going on in the world, to understand about how policy affects our work, um, how, uh, how the economy affects our work, and to tie it all in together. And you can do that on your own, too, just you know, by being well informed, by reading diverse newspapers that mm -hmm. present uh, objective views, um, and uh, yeah, and just by growing every day and learning from the people around you that might not be our D's. You know, I right. think it's important to to listen and to really hear what people say, so that you can learn and have a more diverse background. Yeah, other than just the science background that that our D's have. Mm -hmm. And it, like you said, it doesn't have to necessarily take place in the classroom. Like every day you can learn something new, whether through a news outlet or professional development resources. So yeah, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Another passion of yours seems to be cooking, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a natural food chef candidate and a James Beard Foundation national scholar. 
Um, your website and IG page is full of beautiful recipes. And to be honest, the only time I've heard about James Beard is when I'm watching Top Chef. So I feel like it's pretty huge. But for those who are interested maybe in culinary arts and cooking or further developing in that arena, can you tell me more about what it means to be a natural food chef candidate and what was the process for you to become a James Beard Foundation National Scholar? I actually applied to be a James Beard Foundation National Scholar about uh, two and a half years ago. And, and like I said, it was, it was my family that encouraged me to do it, um, especially my brother. Nice. But I had always really uh, loved to cook. And, uh, and um, after finishing school, my jobs were as a community nutritionist. So I ran community-based cooking classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for um, people um, who lived in, in the Bronx and 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 in Brooklyn and in Harlem and in New York, so I spend a lot of time in the kitchen trying to come up with um, healthy recipes for them that were tasty, affordable, and also cult- culturally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I worked in 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 a low income population, so I wanted to make sure that whatever recipes I was creating for them were affordable and made sense, right? I don't want to use really exotic uh, superfoods mm-hmm. or anything like that. Right. Um, but just, you know, healthy everyday ingredients that they could access. And so after working in, in community-based programs for about three or four years, um, I, I really wanted to learn how to cook as a professional so that I could create recipes for the programs that I work in for my clients and patients that are affordable and accessible to everyone. And I, I simply just started doing research and I, I've always been a foodie mm-hmm. and I love trying new restaurants and I had heard about the James Beard Foundation. So I, I literally just logged into their their website and looked through to see what scholarship opportunities they had. And I saw that they had a James Beard Foundation National Scholar um, Award um, that provided funding to attend culinary school. And I applied and, you know, the process is similar to applying to grad school. You have to write essays. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to send in your transcripts and you need uh, a couple of recommendation letters. So I went through the whole process and after uh, after being reviewed by a board, I received the award and this allowed me um, to attend the Natural Gourmet Institute. Awesome. I'm very grateful to the, the James Beer Foundation for the opportunity. The Natural Gourmet Institute was a great place. Um, I learned a lot about health supportive cooking and one thing that I, that I loved about the um, Natural Food Chef Training Program is their focus on plant-based nutrition. And that's something that's really close to my heart. And, you know, my, my philosophy as a dietitian is of mindful eating and mindful and happy eating and plant-centered nutrition, meaning that you make most of your plate fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. just like my plate recommends, right? So... So it, it was great to get all um, all the experience I needed to create new um, plant-based recipes that are delicious and well-balanced. And, you know, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the, the program, the natural foods training program, was that that I learned how to create traditional recipes. Hmm. Um, like, you know, yeah, like you to, make a, to make a French mother sauce, right? So I, I learned how to make 
you know, fancy <laughs> French <Yeah>. mother sauces, <laughs> but at the same time, they teach you how to veganize it, right? So you can make, so you can make a vegan, a French sauce that uses a lot of butter using, you know, different tricks, like uh, learning how to use miso mm -hmm. to create that umami flavor that that butter has or learning to use mushrooms instead of um, meat. So it, it, it was really interesting to learn all these tricks and all these skills that I have now. So uh, it's been, it, it was a great experience. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing opportunity. That's really Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, my advice for for anyone listening is that if, if you're passionate about culinary arts, cook, try your recipes, don't be afraid. Like Julia Child said, you know, you just got to make mistakes in the kitchen and try it. And even now that I have all, all this culinary experience, I still sometimes create a recipe that doesn't work, but mm -hmm. don't be afraid to, to get in, get in, go into your kitchen and to, to get messy and to try new recipes and um, seek out opportunities. Um, you never know that, you know, what scholarship or fellowship you might find. And also at, at your current position as a registered dietitian, you know, you, you can always approach management and ask about whether they would be interested in you having a healthy cooking class and that's a great way to to get experience and mm -hmm. teaching cooking classes to the community and to really see if you like the process of recipe developing and um, uh, uh, teaching people how to cook so you'll be surprised I think a lot of places will be very supportive of you pursuing um, you know healthy cooking classes at your job and other culinary passions and I know your families will, will be so happy for you right. to start trying new recipes, recipes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 I would definitely not mind if anybody wanted to try out a bunch of recipes I will gladly taste all of them um, yes definitely yes <laughs> um so with kind of like with your culinary experience and I imagine with other things that you've learned over the years Sometimes it can be like, if you don't use the skill, you can lose some of that. So how with so many passions do you continue to develop and, and grow in each one? Like with your yoga, um, your, like you said, your culinary experience, your cooking, mm -hmm. your research, how do you continue to develop and grow? That, that's a great question. And, you know, it's not always easy to find a work and, and, just life balance mm -hmm. and personal life balance. And that's something that I'm working on. But like I said, it's, it's not always easy pursuing such diverse interests. To be honest, it was both physically and emotionally challenging to go to culinary school yeah. and to work full time in research and in my private practice. Yeah. I was juggling a lot of things at the same time. And uh, I'm still trying to find work and personal life balance. But I, I do have some insights that might be useful to people. The first thing that I would say is to focus on doing what you love. If you don't like what you're doing, then seek out other opportunities, even if this means taking a risk. And I think it's very important. If you're not happy doing what you're doing, then take a leap of faith and, and find something that you're passionate about. And that, that's my first advice. Make time for what you love to do. Uh, and what I mean by that is set some non-negotiable goals for your week. And mm. what do I mean by non-negotiable goals? <laughs> uh, tongue, tongue twister, but it yeah. works. Um, but um, for instance, I make it a priority to practice yoga every week. 
even if I'm really stressed out about a deadline or um, about uh, different events that I need to go to or or something that I need to get done, I'll always make it a non-negotiable to go to yoga at least once a week or to practice at home. I've also made it a goal to cook a new recipe every week. So just setting some type of uh, schedule and setting some type uh, of way to be accountable right. is very important. So for me, it's, it's really crucial to have those non-negotiable goals like saying, I'm going to go to yoga this week somehow because I love to practice yoga and I'm going to cook a recipe because I want to keep on working on my culinary skills. So that's something that I, that that's an insight that I have. Something that's also important is to take care of yourself when you're pursuing diverse passions. It's really easy to get caught up. And I think it's really important, even though that we work in the health field and we nurture our clients and encourage them to eat and sleep well, a lot of times our D's don't do that. Right. And I think that's something that, that personally resonates with me a lot. I, I actually suffer from, from IBS and gastritis, mm-hmm. and it's, it's been a struggle to find ba- a balance. For me, it's very important to keep uh, a regular eating schedule, to eat most of my meals at home, and to sleep well. Yeah. And whenever I get very busy or excited about different projects, I neglect that, right? I, right. I neglect my own health, and then my IBS and gastritis will trigger. So I think it's very important to to have those non-negotiables that help you nurture your health and not just your physical health, but your mental health. And for me, those are cooking and, and yoga and meditation. And my last pearl of wisdom is to remember to enjoy the process. Uh, I think we, we tend to focus in getting somewhere um, or to reaching a goal, and then we forget about the present moment. And I think this is this is um, one of the practices that I have learned through mindfulness and yoga to be just present in the in the current moment. And you don't need to go to a fancy yoga studio. You can spend time listening to your own inner voice and relaxing at home. And that's the great thing about mindfulness. You know, it's using your own breath to bring awareness to your current moment by observing how you, how your mind fluctuates in the sensations of, of your body. And this helps unite your body, your mind, and your heart's intention with your breath. And it helps you bring attention into the present moment. And I think that's something that you can do every day and it'll give you some clarity to really see you know, why you're doing things and how you're doing things and, and how you're feeling overall. And, and those, that's just some of my input or some insights that I've learned while trying to balance all these diverse passions and interests. I love that all the like tips you gave, they all kept in mind kind of putting, like nurturing yourself and nurturing either your health or your goal it's just like all being very self-aware. So I think those are really, really great tips. Thank you for those. What, so just one more question. What advice would you give someone? So say they, they want to explore more passions. They know that there's something that they're passionate about, but they're kind of looking at, you know, the resources that they have available to them, whether it's time or money, they have a family. It just seems like the resources aren't there to actually pursue those passions. Would you have any, I guess, advice to give uh, someone that 
is feeling that way. Yes, I do have some insight. And, and like I said, I'm still learning. So, and I think we can all learn from each other. And I would love to hear back from the community about what, what their input is too. But for me, um, I think it's important to keep in mind that it's not ever easy to take a risk. Mm. But um, it's really important that, that you don't ever give up on your dreams. For practical advice, I would say that it's important for you to seek out opportunities like scholarships and fellowships through throughout professional organizations or universities. And it's key for you to just be well informed about what's out there, what opportunities for funding there are out there, scholarships, and don't be afraid to take a risk and apply to them. Um, the worst thing that can happen is that you won't get it, but at least you'll have the satisfaction that you tried your best. Yeah. So for me, it's really important for, for you to just be informed about the opportunities that are out there. Um, it's also really important to be well prepared academically and professionally so that you can pursue the jobs that you're passionate about. Mm. So it's really important for you to take advantage of professional development courses that are available through colleges and universities. Um, you can take courses through Coursera. Um, they actually have a scholarship program that you can apply for. So what if is you're that? Interested, can you say it again? Um, Coursera. Coursera. And what, yes. what is that? Um, Coursera is a website that provides professional development training. Um, and usually um, the, the trainings are curated by universities. So uh, usually the fee is not that, that large. I'm not sure how much it is per month. You pay a monthly subscription fee, but gotcha. they also have uh, scholarship opportunities that you can apply for. So just, just being well aware of, of what opportunities out there. Um, you know, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetic Foundation also has scholarships and funding opportunities that you can look into. And privately, there are a lot of places that, that have funding and you just need to go out there and, and send your application out, right? And also don't be afraid to reach out to people who are experts in the field. Mm -hmm. uh, I reach out to people all the time for advice or to seek out opportunities. Uh, you might not get an answer and most of the time you won't, <laughs> but it's worth a try, you know, and you'll be surprised. There are some really influential people in the nutrition world that have emailed that have never answered me, but there are a a couple that have and have been really nice and supportive. So I think it's really important for you to reach out to people and don't be afraid of, of maybe not getting an answer. Right. So, and like I said, I still do it. So, you know, find someone that you, that whose career you, you find inspirational and reach out to them, ask them some advice, ask them for input or just tell them that you admire their career. And I think you can mm -hmm. make good, um, good friends or at least network with, with people who, who are influential and who inspire you. And um, I think most importantly, to be adventurous and to not be afraid to, to push yourself. Pursuing anything requires your dedication. And if you really want to achieve your dreams you need to work hard so just keep that in mind right and always be open to learning from others including colleagues other professionals and your patients and clients in the community you serve i think some of the greatest lessons i've learned have been from the patients and clients that i've worked with or the communities that i've that i've visited or worked with 
And I think that's where I draw a lot of the inspiration, thinking back about my clients that, that I've worked with, you know, for instance, and in the Bronx and Harlem. I, something that comes to mind is the story of these two men that, that lived in, in, in Harlem and, and I was their nutritionist, mm-hmm. their community nutritionist. And they were really dedicated to my nutrition classes and to my healthy cooking classes. So these two men would, would show up every week, um, twice a week, actually, for my mm-hmm. classes. And, um, and I remember that one of the classes I showed them how to make a, a simple green smoothie and to put it in a jar because that's how I take my, my breakfast um, to work uh, because I, I'm not one of those RDs that wakes up really early, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, and gets same. everything done before work. No, I, I rush out of work and I, I need to eat breakfast, so I just take it to go. So I'll be honest. I wish I could say I was one of those Instagram RDs that wakes up <laughs> that wakes up at 5:30 and works out and showers and eats breakfast all before you know, 7.30 a.m. I'm not, but yeah, (laughs) not me. But um, so I showed them how to make a a smoothie and to put it in a jar. And I remember that following week, they came to my nutrition class and both of them had their own smoothie jars. And they had used some of the fruit that we we had um, given them during our food pantry week. And they had used greens and they just said that, that they were really inspired by 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 my by smoothie jar recipe, yeah. And you know, and I remember that he said something. Um, both of them had had served time in prison uh, uh, for a few years, and I remember that he said that making the smoothie jar and going to my cooking and nutrition classes had made him feel like a part of the community again. It had made him feel welcome. And anytime I lose inspiration or I get tired um, or feel like I'm losing focus, I I really think about them and I just see them walking into my nutrition class holding their smoothie jars. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's, that's how you keep motivated, just remembering that you're actually touching people's lives. And I think eating is one of the most personal, personal things we do. And it, you know, to be able to positively empower someone to have a healthy relationship with food is truly a meaningful thing. And, you know, as RDs, perhaps we, we don't have the highest salaries and we might not be the most appreciated in the medical field, but mm-hmm. it's great to remember that we have a great role to play in, in caring for patients and we have a great role to play in, in promoting the health of our communities. And there's nothing more loving than providing someone food and to teach them how to how to make healthy happy uh, food so just keeping that in mind is is really important and that ties in with my last point and it's about you know i think that as an rd as an registered dietitian nutritionist is really crucial to set a higher higher intention for your career. Mm. Why do you want to work in the field of nutrition? What are your personal and professional goals? And most importantly, how do you want to serve others? I think being um, an RDN is all about serving others and, and asking yourself those questions. And I think if you are, if you take the time to listen to your, yourself, you'll find that answer and you'll be able to find an aspect 
of nutrition that you want to pursue and something that makes you happy as well in a professional and personal way. So, yeah. yeah, you bring some really great perspective to just our career in general. So I just want to thank you so much for sharing your passions with us and your inspirations and just your whole journey. Um, thank you so much for being on our episode this week. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. And I, and I can't wait to hear back from, um, from the community. And like I said, feel free to email me or contact me. And I'm happy to connect with, with the Diversify Dietetics community. And thank you for having me again. Absolutely. We'll include all of Alice's contact information um, in our show notes, and we'll get a conversation going on on Instagram so that you can kind of correspond directly with the community and see what people think. So again, thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Happy eating. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Feed Me the Facts. You can find past episodes and this episode on our website, www.diversifydietetics.org, as well as on the Apple Podcast app. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate, and leave a review. Last but not least, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Diversify Dietetics.